0: Welcome to the Energy and Transition podcast. We are coming to you live from the Fletch Azul Podcast studio in Houston, Texas. My name is Josh Lowry with Upright Digital. I am joined with the co-host extraordinaire, Mr. Dan Pickering of Pickering Energy Partners. Hello, Dan.
1: Hello, sir. How are you? I am doing very well today,
0: thank you. How well? How well? Yeah, you, there's a lot going on. The markets are going crazy today. These things are dated a little bit, but this is a day when the market is uh, falling by 1,000 points, oil is 110, so that to me says there's a lot going on in your world.
1: As a as an energy specialist and a guy that looks at markets, I mean, you thrive on you you thrive on things that are changing and perceptions that are changing and I can't tell you that I know exactly what's happening right now, yeah. but trying to figure it out is fun and so out of these kind of volatile markets comes opportunity. Yep. And so I don't know exactly what the opportunities will come from today, but I know there will be some. So Well, it's a good time.
0: You know, Okay, I I get that. Tell me more. I, I need more. Like, what are you doing this summer? This is we're we're downloading this. We're doing this podcast today. I anticipate a lot of people are hitting click and listening to us for the first time. They're on the road to, you know, seaside right now. What what are what's Dan Pickering doing this summer?
1: Yeah. So my summer is going to be burning up in Houston in June and July, and uh, I'm trying to work from somewhere in August. Yeah. Uh, But I will tell you that I have and and my wife has gotten approval to do that from her work. And so that's fabulous. But finding the spot is really hard. Yes. And so I have some experience with this. Um, A couple of years ago uh, during the pandemic, I spent three weeks in Park City and we finalized the place we were going to stay the night before. So I'm, ter- I'm living in terror for the months of June and July. That's fine. That's great. That July 31st will be when we ink the spot we're going for <laughs> August 1st. <So> yes. <laughs> the answer is I hope I'm going somewhere nice and cool, but I have no idea where that is. Okay. That's going to be great. I, it, I, I kind of live on the
0: edge like that yeah, as well. I was going to say, your summer? Well, uh, actually, I've got a pretty fun summer. My kids are going to camp for a month this year. They're going to go up to uh, Kanakuk in Missouri and which is they're pumped about it to them a week and a month of the exact same amount of time they have no idea how long they're actually going to be gone yeah and my wife and i are going to uh in fact i just booked it this morning we're going to greece for uh two weeks we're going to go over to flying into athens we're going to do mykonos and uh the whole island system so i immediately need to stop eating because i feel like these are going to be lifelong pictures and i don't want to be you know, looking like a big fat hairy guy. Like, who's this guy? No, I want to look suave for my Greece trip. So we're doing Greece in uh, June.
1: That'll be great. Yeah, that'll be really great. Well, well, we're we're fortunate to be joined by. Yeah, I didn't leave you much of a transition. Yeah, point you didn't, there, did. I? You, you really didn't. But but you're talking about Europe. Yes. And. Um, there's a there's a connection with you and our podcast guests that we we only found out about here in the last 24 hours so we're I'm gonna let you and and Sean talk about it but we're happy to be joined by Sean Kelly who's the co-founder and CEO of Amperon and Sean you've got a as way of introduction before you tell us anything else (laughs) about you how did you and Josh
2: meet oh man uh, I guess this is being recorded. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: so give us the clean version.
2: We uh, we have a mutual, really good friend in common. Um, and he and I moved to Chicago kind of together in 2013. Brent. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Brent and Phelps. We were, we were friends in Houston um, and then went to Chicago and each of us knew one other person, each other. And so we we're like, huh, we're best friends. Hung out every day for like three years. Uh, And then this guy shows up and for the Cubs World Series had a great time. He and I had an interaction with Bill Murray, yes, which was pretty awesome, uh, in which um, one of us who's very shy here, this guy, um, yells over to Bill Murray and says, hey, if you want to take a picture with five dudes, I know where you can find them. And Bill Murray yells back, and this is all I needed. He goes, it's on my bucket list. And (laughs) so – I read the towel of Bill Murray, uh, during the pandemic when we went on a, a six week road trip and all of the stories in there are exactly like that. And I just like, I always think of you for that. Yeah. And I keep up with you a little bit through Brent. But when I saw, uh, saw that on there, I was like, this is going to be even more fun than I already expected.
0: Honestly, I, uh, you're going to find out through this podcast that Dan is our planner, um, except apparently for travel. But, uh, it was really fun to figure out that we were going to be interviewing you today because I didn't look at really what was going on. There's a lot going on. I found so. out at
2: 1030 last night. And then, I, it's amazing. Yeah. The
0: world is such a small world. And, you know, it, meeting you in Chicago uh, through Brent Phelps, who's actually the guy who introduced me to my wife. So I'm going to Brent's wedding this later this summer. I'm going to try my best. you got to do September, it. September, yeah, yeah in,
1: in Lake Como. But um, you just invited – 10,000 people
2: Brent's to crash cool the wedding.
0: Brent's a cool guy. But he, right. I don't think he's going to really care.
2: <laughs> yeah. As long as he's not having to pick up the tab yeah, for everybody to crash like go yeah. Cash bar. <laughs> Cash <laughs> but, bar for sure. You know,
0: it's. I remember going to that office in Chicago and just think it was the coolest office I've ever been Unbelievable. It was awesome.
2: <laughs> That's the uh, like Empire and uh, Transformers and a bunch of stuff. It was always shut down for like movies. And so the the TV show Empire, even though it's based in New York, that is the office building. Really? beautiful beautiful it building is, on right the on river. The water. Yeah. I think it was 353 North Clark. It was on, like just awesome. Uh and just iconic Chicago river building. So it was a fun place to work.
0: Well, you're this is very similar the podcast studio you're in to percent Yeah, it feels exactly
2: like Empire.
0: Have you ever been on a podcast before?
2: I have been on a couple podcasts. You have. How are those?
1: Uh not as good as this. Okay, that's all I was looking for. Man, this he is he is an experienced he's, he's podcast guest. <laughs> yes. I always butter up the the commentators.
2: So I, I need nice questions. So yeah, we're gonna
1: we're gonna lob softball after softball. But the easy first softball is I mean, just tell us a little bit about you. We know you've lived in Chicago, but uh, I think you're a Houston born take us from yeah. take us from yeah. the early days of Sean Kelly.
2: Yeah, so I uh, I, I grew up in Sugarland. Um, one little thing I don't tell many people, I was born in Sharpstown. Mm. Uh, and so it was big enough for either me or Paul Wall. And Paul Wall was the one who got sharps down. So I had to move to the burbs uh, in kindergarten. And, uh, and so yeah, grew up there, went to Texas A&M, huge A&M fan, uh, was president of the New York A&M club, really big into networking. And that's kind of where the whole networking, like a crazy person thing started. Um, I worked on a trade floor in high school, uh, installing InRun online. For those of us who know me well, I'm very non-technical. Okay. So me installing and run online. This was
1: the worst job you've ever had, it sounds like. Oh, it was a
2: blast. I just hung out with the traders and the IT department hated me and the traders loved me. And because I just wanted to hang out with them. <laughs> yeah, the
0: technical guy is like, he's not doing anything. They're like, he can't do anything.
2: <laughs> and the trader's are like, this guy is awesome. <laughs> so uh, sure enough, fast forward, took a really great uh, energy trading class at AM. and with Dr. Hollerman, who now I'm on the board of the TRIP program, uh, trading risk investing program at Texas A&M. The best place to find talent coming out, they have to do three internships. Uh, My intern that just started, or my intern now is leaving for Trailstone, my other one left for EDF and ProMan, other one went to NG. just great companies on the board. And they come out five years, master's degree and three legitimate internships. Uh, and so they come out like about a third year analyst, um, which is awesome. Mm. And so went to a and uh, decided I was like, I went out of Houston, let's try something else. This is 2005, was a finance major, uh, went to Dallas. Worked at Tenaska, great place to learn the grid, but- So you were trading electricity? Yes. Okay. So started by, I was scheduling ERCOT, the Texas market. Uh, so scheduled uh, that market realized that if I'm gonna be an energy trader, I should probably just go home. Um, All the energy traders live in Houston and pay was better. And so I was there for a little under a year and came back to Houston, um, worked at an awesome company called Eagle Energy Partners, um, founded by Chuck Watson and kind of a Dyna G Mm spinoff. Cody Moore was my boss. Uh, Didn't realize then just because startup culture is not, I didn't really know what a startup was, but then I realized that being 23 and the ninth person on the power desk and the 37th employee overall was a startup. And then we got bought by Lehman Brothers and Lehman valued the office so well, they forgot to sell us to Barclays. So literally transaction goes through Lehman in September of 08, under, we think we're going to Barclays. I have three paychecks from Barclays and an email address. And then we find out they forgot about the little like Houston office. So that was so train. So it was not
1: legally transferred.
2: It was not legally transferred. Wow. They okay. remember the big building next to the M M&M and M factory uh, in Manhattan. What a mess! But they totally forgot about us. So Chuck swoops in and sells us last minute to EDF Trading uh, out of London. Okay. So yeah, Electricidad de day, France. Um. And so yeah, it was really cool shop. Um. Got to do the integration of Nine Mile and Guinea, which are two nuclear plants uh, in New York ISO. Um, so New York ISO, just the, the entire power grid, like Texas, all of New York just kind of operates on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, so got to do that. Realized that I loved the business development, kind of the, kind of building something more than I even did the trading side. Uh, and then got to, after that, after that kind of, Moved to Chicago to help set up Eon, a big German utilities trade floor. Brought Brent was my first hire. Uh, my now meteorologist. But, but but this is happening when you're 30. This is, yeah, this is 30. I was at Eagle Lehman EDF for yeah. like five, six years. So
1: something tells me that Sean was doing a pretty good job if he's starting trading desks for big German utilities at age 30. So
2: anyway. It was, yeah, I, I, another guy like, was the managing director. I was the first trader in uh, and they were like, the managing director had been in Switzerland. Uh, The other, there were four of us, one of them had been in Germany. I like to network, all my friends are traders for better or for worse. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so just wanted to kind of bring my people in. And so it was just a really good time getting to kind of set up Picked which chairs, had all the like, had ten chairs in there, sat in a different one every thirty minutes. Uh, set up the phone systems. Beautiful building, like beautiful, we discussed. Yeah. Cool. Uh, it was it was fun. Um, moved to Chicago, didn't know anybody but Brent. Uh, but I'm I'm very big on like family and history, and so my family actually came to Chicago from Ireland around I think it was around 1910. Hmm. Uh, so love that, um, and so yeah, it was just a really really so really Sean O'Kelly cool. Then. Probably Sean Patrick Kelly is pretty good though. Oh yeah, that's yeah. You've hung on. Yeah, so no parents gave me the uh, the joys of being firstborn. You get the best name. Yeah. So yeah, I still haven't heard the word Amperon yet. So yeah, uh, so was in um, was in Chicago trading. uh, Was at the Chicago Board of Trade. Awesome place to close out a trading career. So here's the fun part. I stopped trading um, at a just a small prop shop. Locked myself out, left trading on my own accord, March thirty first, twenty sixteen, um, and so natural gas hit a dollar sixty one, 61, kind of the first time in my career, and I'd been trading eleven years, and uh, yeah, that was it. So April first, I flew to New York and uh, had a date with this girl, who is now my wife. And so when you talk about having a clear chapter cut, wow, you literally like March thirty first, like. And I guess I think we rolled out at like three PM, two PM, something like that. <laughs> like everything after that. So new that's, life. That's probably the only way I'm married is because she never knew me as a trader. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, and that's trader with a D. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah. Went there, met her, um, and just New York is such a vibrant place. It's amazing. Everyone is just it's like buzzword central, and so everyone is like disrupting and data science and machine learning and co-founder and all this. And I was like, this is interesting. Everything here is like barrels and pipelines and- Everything here in Houston. And here in Houston, yeah, yeah and it's private equity. And this is interesting. And so just kind of went there and the place is just like dripping with tech, New York is. And so it's really, really cool place to be. And so I was like, hey, all I know how to do is energy. I had a consulting company that I had started at the time uh, called Bridge Power Consulting and started out with a buddy and what we did there is went around and helped large uh, commercial businesses with their electricity supply, a little bit of solar, a little bit of LED, stuff like that. Um, and that's what I like when I quit trading that was to work on bridge. Mm-hmm. So you so
1: bridge you would basically help the customers manage their, their
2: power. Exactly. So like in Houston to Riverway. So was a client okay. so helped manage their building, like huge building in Houston. I mean, it was great, had 30 grocery stores throughout Manhattan and Long Island, uh, had like Mount Sinai and Holy Cross Hospital in Chicago. Uh, so yeah, they were basically like, hey, we've got our business to run here. And electricity is the most, like one of our biggest spins. Yeah. And so that's what helped me understand just, so you have, in 14 states in the us you've got deregulated electricity right so you are allowed to choose your electricity provider all of us in texas don't know uh another way because if you don't have an electricity provider here you don't have power in the rest of the 49 states if you do not have Uh, an electricity provider, you fall back on the utility. It's a default, So you've got like in New York, Con Edison does a great job with their brand everywhere. You've got like in Chicago, it's like Exelon or like ComEd. You've got these big monster utilities. So most people just go with the like set it and forget it. Um, In 14 states, which is basically um, the kind of, we'll call it like upper quartile, like of the Northeast, kind of the mid Atlantic, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Maryland, those states, you can choose. And so I was helping people choose. So they would go in, and the thing people don't understand, everybody's different. And so you can't just plug and play the same exact electricity provider for everyone. Your home looks different if the the three of us are sitting here. If one of us has an EV, one of us has a battery, and one of us has rooftop solar, and our houses live next to each other, they have nothing in common. In all. terms of power consumption. Yeah, in terms of power consumption. So that's what I was helping these building owners uh, understand, and that really kind of helped me uh, just understand that end user, um, mm-hmm. which I think really has gone a long way to what I'm doing now. Was it wasn't just electricity, right? It was gas too, couldn't you? A little bit of gas, yeah. yeah. I remember so, some of that in Chicago. Yeah, we did some gas as well. Yeah. Um,
0: manufacturing plants.
2: Yeah the the big the big thing yeah the gas for manufacturing is huge. The thing is is that on the gas side they're not there's not as much technology heading there. And this is why, for the Amperon purposes, we, go. we focus on electricity, but. Yeah, we, we finally We're 15 Amperon. minutes, we got, now we know the name here, we're good. So, yeah, so. Um, we have no rules, by the way, can, this Alex. is fantastic. Um, but yeah, so with, um, so I understood the building owner and I understood the markets very well. I ran power plants for of those 11 years, seven of them. Uh, and so that's kind of how my view of the grid. And so while in New York with all these tech people, I thought, what if we took all the tech people who are annoying us by selling us advertising at Google and Facebook and made them come work on this. This is like, Abe and I met in uh, spring of
1: 2017.
2: Abe. Abe, uh, Abe Stanway is my Mm -hmm. co-founder. So he and I like, we're we're in it to win it together. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm CEO, he's CTO. Um, and he is like one of the most talented engineers or actually the most talented engineer I've come across, uh, to just build anything. He is, he was young in his career. When we met, we both volunteered at New York energy week. And so New York energy week was, it was interesting. Uh, and it was, everyone was kind of talking about The forward looking stuff, very big on renewables, very big on, I mean, net zero, Mm -hmm. things of that nature. This is 2017. Yeah, 2017. Mm -hmm. They just started talking to it, like met Jigger Shaw there, um, uh, who's now with the Department of Energy and just kind of one of the like OGs in this space. Uh, He spoke, I mean, number of people were there. And so Abe and I both volunteered, it was like $2,000 a ticket or sweat equity. Hmm. So it was all about the sweat equity and I knew I would get better exposure as well then. So um, yeah, so we met then and just kind of, I mean, we hit it off and we we have almost nothing in common. We have completely opposite and completely complementary skill sets. So his joke that he always says um, is, I'll build it if you can sell it. Hmm. And so that's what we've seen. That's good teamwork. And, uh, People at first were like two co-founders who don't know each other, two co-founders who haven't been like best friends forever. And like, how is this going to work? Y'all don't have like, there's not any overlap. And then all our early investors are like, this is one of the best teams we've seen. We've never seen just like stone cold operators like that because- we both had taken so many different things, but listened to the other person's experiences that we were like a multitude of people, though there were two of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really cool. We went back and forth kind of that April uh, till about September, just having lunch, coffee, lots of phone calls, uh, lots of like crazy, I've got a great idea. And you're like, it's midnight, all right, it's whatever. Um, and so with, um, with that, that's how we came up with the idea of Amperon. And so, uh, just uh, I guess, quick, what Ampron is yeah. What's is the, what was we the vision do or? Uh, we do electricity demand forecasting. Okay. So we provide a 15 day forecast and we provide a five year forecast uh, on a per meter basis. Per meter, not
1: meter unit of measurement, meter.
2: Yeah, uh, electricity meter, smart okay. meter, smart ideally. Man. Yeah, but some. Wait, old, so old let me meters. hear that. So
0: two weeks or five years?
2: so we have a <laughs> sure. yeah ex- exactly so we have the weather models run 360 hours which is 15 days so we have one that takes in real life weather if i had five year weather we would all be retired and so of five year actual weather but 15 days is still wrong most of the time but you have weather models so you've got a short-term model the h triple r Um, which runs every single hour and, but it only runs, I think that one runs 36. Then you have like the NAM that runs uh, 72 hours. And then you have the longer, longer 15 day, the GFS and the Euro. And so those run uh, like every six hours. So we're always getting better weather. Cause when
1: you're- let's so so let's stop a little bit because um, this is a component that goes into what you do, but the vision here, come back to the vision, which was- Yeah, absolutely. D- electricity demand I, He, he asked why the two forecast Yeah, I know. Sorry. Uh, and I was immediately lost. It's like, I gotta have more information before yeah. we can go that deep.
2: So we realized that electricity demand is, it's hard and getting more difficult.
1: To forecast. To forecast. Okay.
2: And the reason why is because of the energy transition. And so as we have this energy transition, first off, we've got one thing for forecasting, that's smart meters. So back in so the that day that gives us more information. Gives us more information. So mm-hmm. back in the day you had the dog chasing the meter reader like they came when they came great. Smart meter gives us every 15 minute a, a data point and we get it we get it through the ISO on like a a 3 day lag okay. in the best case.
1: So publicly available data to you from all these meters.
2: Not publicly available. Publicly available if I have a contract with someone who has the right to their meter. Okay. Someone being a,
1: a your customer.
2: Yeah. A, being a retail energy supplier. Okay. Or a utility or a municipality. Okay. Someone who already has the right. Whoever keeps your lights on, mm-hmm. they're allowed to help you out and help you like make better choices about your electricity. And so I go in on, on their behalf and do this for them. Okay. So, yeah. So that was the, that was the vision. That's the vision because the thing is, is that we look at it and uh, we look at it and I mean, you've got some things that are here. So I read, um, I read the, the system adequacy uh, resource report for the Texas market last night and there you go i mean and mr he's living his he's living his business
1: living his best life here hey yeah you gotta got have something to go to I read the to. latest john grisham novel he's reading the system adequacy report in yeah. so, texas
2: so all i'm gonna say from this is sap. in in 2021 there was 100 megawatts of rooftop solar in texas okay this year 600. we, had, we saw a 6x yeah 6x jump year over year that's the biggest thing that jumped out to me. But does that make demand harder? If you stuck solar on your house, why do you think everyone jumped between 21 and 22? Because of Yuri. Exactly. Texans are stubborn. We want to be, do our own thing. And so if you put rooftop solar on, you have more control over what you're doing. And so that's why- So the big power outage. Yeah. We Nobody ever wants to feel like that again. We just bought a generator because of that. Of course you did. Yeah. Yeah, Generac is like completely backed up and sold out. My uncle got one through like a guy. A guy, yeah, a friend of a cousin. We got one in 6 weeks and I feel like we are
0: winning the lottery on it. You stole it. Seriously. Like, yeah. yeah.
2: You literally they're going for I mean 4x. I mean, Texans were stubborn. I know everyone always says like this is the state that like we're going to leave the union and I don't think we actually can, but <laughs> uh but when you have that feeling, I had a pregnant wife at the time. Oh man. And like we're seven months pregnant, and like six, seven months pregnant. And thankfully, uh, I mean, she grew up in cold weather. And so she was fine. But we we went and stayed with a friend because it was uh, I mean, we didn't have power for about 48 hours. Mm -hmm. And nobody wants to feel like that again. So people have Generax and and batteries and other things of that nature. Uh, And then people have solar. And then also people have I mean, I had friends who were like posting on like Twitter and LinkedIn about how they lived in their Tesla. Uh, during this because they could like actually um, like stay warm and stuff like that and so yeah so I mean that this whole thing has made demand harder and so that's harder why we decided forecast. harder to forecast mm-hmm. yes and so um, and so that's why we started Ampron.
1: So what's a you mentioned along the way data scientists yeah and demand forecast and weather so you've got a secret sauce that ties all those together. Well, you also mentioned a meteorologist
0: too. Yeah. Right. Okay. I just want to make sure that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: There's a lot going on. I, I kind of like, I thought about it the other day and the way we've hired. Um, so we just raised our series a, um, with led by HSBC, um, the big bank, their climate fund, um, had some great people involved with that. And, um, I mean, we're out hiring as fast as we can. And so we're at 21 now, 22. Um, and of that half of the team is, is data-driven and then half of the team is kind of like ops. And, uh-huh. and again, Abe and I kind of split it in half. Like he manages all the data side, I manage the sales and commercial side. Um, but I think what's interesting is uh, we kind of put together a hedge fund that run that sells software which is super interesting. We have the top flight talent. We pay top dollar to get these, I mean, to get these data scientists and data engineers that would work at these, I mean, these top flight places. Our head of data science worked at DRW, which is a top hedge fund in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and before that was at Microsoft Research.
0: Where are these people based out of?
2: Um, all over, uh, okay. pre- pre- like more in Houston than anywhere else. So uh, eight of the 22 are in Houston. uh, And then we're kind of scattered all over. And so when before the uh, pandemic happened, we were already fully remote. So it helped none of our competition was. So we were like, huh, another day. Mm -hmm. And they were all like, oh my gosh, I don't even know how to log in, like anything like that. And so Mm -hmm. it wound up being a huge, huge advantage to us. uh, the pandemic because we were already fully remote and that was just because our first data scientist was overseas. And uh, AngelList is a phenomenal place to hire off of. It is the top tech talent, and they—it's kind of like this. It's just unbelievable, but all the talent is on AngelList because it's like startup tech, mm-hmm. uh, and a great place to recruit from.
1: Yeah. So, Sean, you're, you're who buys a electricity demand forecast.
2: Yeah. We'll, so so traders what do people use it for. Yeah. So traders buy our grid scale forecast. So we have a all public data like us versus Texas, us versus New York, us versus New England, um, us versus Alberta. And so it's all public data, but we're better at slicing it. And and that's where the
1: data scientists, that's come where in. the data
2: science comes in. We have a competitor who spends no money on weather. I have six weather vendors and a meteorologist. The biggest input into figuring out what demand is going to do is weather. So we want to spend as much as possible and weather is getting harder and harder. Climate change is nuts because we moved back to Houston uh, from New York in the fall of 2019. September 2019, hottest September on record. What are we right here in the middle of? Hottest May on record like literally every five minutes, it's the hottest, it's the most, it's the, it'll, it's never happened. It will never happen again. Yuri, one in a hundred year event. Summer 2011, one in a hundred year event. You don't have to be good at math to (laughs) understand that if you keep having every four months, a one in a hundred year event, event, something is up, Mm. right? And so that makes us more valuable. Like you said it very well at the intro, markets are crazy, there's opportunity. And when you are a risk software, mm-hmm. it's been a great time to be at Amperon. Okay. So you're, you sell this to
1: traders. Are you still doing the, are you helping businesses with their electricity demand? Like you were no. at Bridgepoint, you don't do that. Yeah, I
2: sold, I sold that company back in 2019. Okay. Um, so this is all yeah, electricity it's all so, so no B2C, I don't touch any of the clients. But so I was at, at lunch right before this um, with a client and uh, and they have, I don't know, probably 70,000 meters, okay. electricity meters across Texas, residential. Um, they have a really unique book. They have about 15,000 of those are residential solar. So we are about three times better than our competition at predicting residential solar electricity output. It is really hard because rooftop solar at your home is behind the meter. If it's behind the meter, it's I invisible. only, it's invisible. I only know what the meter does. So did Dan leave and go out of town or is he just have rooftop solar? Uh, we gotta figure this out. So that's where we came in and they are extremely happy with how we figured it out. And, and what, why, why, what are they using your insights for? So they have a forecast of the 70 or so thousand meters and we are telling them what to buy every single hour. Because they've got
1: to go out and buy power, Yep. and if they for the clients. can anticipate better, they can plan better, yep. which means they can be cheaper, yeah. and make more
2: money. Exactly, and they're very forward-thinking. So I actually switched my personal electricity contract to them uh, two weeks ago, and wanted to just see what the hype was about. That seems like a high percentage of solar for them. it's over ten percent
0: of their. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's it's high.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have they've like corn, like kind of cornered the market on this. But the thing is, is they only wanna work with us because we wanna deal with all the craziness. Like we don't, it's not run of the mill, it's not Microsoft Excel anymore. It's not, you can't just figure out the way you've been forecasting, your whole career doesn't work anymore. You have to go hire first off the data engineer from a data integrity standpoint. That's the biggest thing. If you have a great genius model that your data scientist built and garbage inputs you have, garbage outputs. Mm -hmm. So that's why we have six weather vendors. Not everyone's infallible. Actually, no one's infallible. So if you have six of them, odds of all six screwing up simultaneously are very low. Mm -hmm. The odds of one screwing up, eh, not bad. So that's why we sit there and spend so much money on weather. Uh, That's why we have this data science team that's a bunch of PhDs that have published in like the International Conference on Machine Learning. These are not just like, I mean, they're not just like, "Hey, I took a couple Excel classes." I mean, what they're doing is everything's in Python. I mean, it is all way over my. I'm, I'm head. just gonna
0: throw this out there. I guess it's because I, I did used to live with Brent, our mutual friend, and I'm listening to these to you talk about and Dan's to Dan's question. What do they do with that information? If you don't, this is to the audience. If you don't yeah. know what an energy trader is, I mean, Google it. You know, do a little research on it because it's gonna blow your mind. Yeah, that there's people behind the scenes doing what he's talking about doing and that's how power is traded, but that doesn't really explain it very well.
2: And I don't want want to spend too much of your time on that. No, for sure. But But it's
0: just, it's a remarkable thing that's going on behind the scenes that nobody has any idea it's happening.
2: Yeah, you, you, you have to match up demand with supply, right? And so somebody has a power plant, somebody has some form of generation, and somebody has a need and they have to match the two. And that's what the independent system operator's job is to do, match them together. Um, but yeah, with, with that, we we solve half the equation. We solve the demand side. The supply side is very hard. If you, you run your plant when you want to, this right. is how it used to work back in the day. Those are easy to understand, understand. I've run a lot of natural gas plants. They are on when I push the button. If they're cold in four hours, if they're hot in an hour, that's great. Wind, it is what it is. Um, solar, Well, way more predictable than wind. Uh, but wind is the biggest, there's I think 35,000 megawatts of wind in Texas now. Um, and just, just for instance, how big 35,000 is. So it's, it's crazy hot right now. We're in the middle of May and we set a record again Love Mm. records everywhere. Um, 70,000 megawatt peak, uh, Mm -hmm. right around there. So wind is theoretically half the grid, but wind shows up when wind feels like it. And Mm -hmm. there's no way to hedge that. There's no way to, there's really no way, there's not even good weather variables to understand what that is. And so knowing your demand is even more important because you don't know when your supply is gonna be there. So then you can make sure you're actually hedged day ahead and by hedge just offsetting your risk saying, hey, I like great sold Josh house a contract for a year. I'm gonna go buy the equivalent of your house, right. say, okay, perfect. And then it, then you're hedged. So what we're trying to do is get our clients to hedge. So traders are a small portion, retail energy providers are the bigger portion. So deregulated states, that's where we um, mm-hmm. deal with, uh, that's where we deal with the retail providers. Uh, so through that, we have several million meters under management. Uh, so we go to a client and say, like the client I had lunch with, how many meters do you have? Seventy thousand. I'm taking everything. It's not a oh, take the residential, oh, take the the whole book, and so we take all of that, and then we give them that forecast on a 15 day basis. You, you
1: take it. You you take their the
2: information. We take the their information. Smart meter data. Exactly. Yeah. So and we we get that from the market. Okay. So on we act on their behalf. Right. So we'll have like read only access. Get the data, and lo and behold, here's your forecast. That's so you're the, it's
1: nuts. you're the, you're the secret sauce for them to understand all the
2: information. Other people can't get that information because you're working on, they that. have to sign that same client that I have yeah. and, and clients have multiple forecasts and okay. that's fine. So there's no IP per se, like there's no, you have
1: There's no exclusivity is what you're
2: saying. Yeah, there's no exclusivity. There's awesome companies uh, like our friend and actually now investor uh, Kieran, the CEO of Arcadia. Arcadia has gone out and acquired like hundreds of thousands of meters and just came out with an awesome like one and a half billion dollar valuation. He got every person to sign on the individual line. This week, we had a great week. And so I got like eight people to sign on the line and acquired some hundreds of thousands of meters in two weeks. So it's a little bit different of a sales cycle. You're saying customers,
1: retail energy providers yeah. that are signing you up.
2: So I signed like eight of them and got like hundreds of thousands of meters. Yeah, And he spent his whole career getting like the same number but he signed everyone up individually. Right. All of us, Arcadia is an amazing company and all of us can be Arcadia members, but each of us has to sign up on their own. Yeah, uh, Which is, it, B2C blows my mind. I have so much respect for them because I don't understand the the customer acquisition on that standpoint. Mm-hmm. I like having like the high-end conversation yeah. of like, hey, I used to trade, this is why this works. And they're like, totally understand. And so they're like, we have the smartest tech person energy and a really well-networked like former trader, and then we have all these crazy data scientists, and then we have a meteorologist and mm-hmm. six weather vendors. Just makes sense. Yeah. It's like, it's the perfect combination that's be- really hard to put together. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's. And, what and we've when done. you sign
1: up the retail energy provider, does having the more clients and meters you have, the more, um, the better your model gets, yeah. I assume? Yeah. So there's some scale here that. There's that scale. As. As you get more customers, the next customer wants to be a customer more aggressively because it's going to be better than hiring somebody that doesn't have that scale. Yep, exactly. and that's okay. where
2: I don't. Uh, that I mean, that's where so much appreciation to the people who took an early chance on us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we went live in the Texas market. Um, I've seen, I've seen people. I do a lot in like the startup land. We've raised three rounds of venture. Um, so with that, I've seen a lot of people go and be like, we've got a great idea, we're going to sell to utilities. And I'm like, oh man, God bless you. Like good Their luck. Your beard
1: will be long before it's done. Yeah, yeah.
2: two year sales cycle. Like, uh, mm-hmm. And so people are like, well, how'd you get somebody? Like, like who'd you go to? Who's your first client? And I'm like, buddy, I met sophomore year gym class in high school, like happened to be like we're on a small rep in Texas, gave us all his data, super thorough and couldn't have done it without him. Like another buddy that I worked real time trading with back at Eagle Energy Partners was like number two guy at a shop. We, he was around a campfire at our buddy's ranch. And he's like, I always thought you were smart and like, kind of like, you know, like had bigger things than what we were doing. And I'm totally down, like you can have all our data. And I was like, heck yeah, sweet. (laughs) So we had think between the two about like 40 50,000 meters. So one had like 15, one had like 30. Uh, and And I s- where are you today? Uh, a few million. Okay. Um a lot of growth. A lot of growth. Yeah. We've got about 50 clients. Yeah. So from from two pilots in 2018. So uh, nice. it's been really cool. Um it's it's been really cool and just really fun to just to I mean tell your story and I mean I I pay attention to every client. I get in trouble from my investors for getting way too many text messages from clients. Hmm. Apparently HubSpot's a much better way to track your communication than, uh, <laughs> than my the cell text, phone. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's just been awesome. And it's just, it's great. I guess when people who you worked with prior, like were in and they're like, that's one of the coolest feelings. Uh, I mean, Brent was in our press release, so I can say, He's a client. He yep. uses our meteorologist. We sell our meteorologist as a service. Um, and when you have somebody that like, dude, he rips everything to shreds. I mean, he is the most thorough person out there. No, Brent, like Brent our client. Yeah. Yeah. he's a hard sell. So when you're like, you have to be on point on this stuff. Cause it's like one of your good friends, you literally like as a, as selling as a vendor, you obviously want to let your customers, like you don't want to let your customers down, right? But when it's your boys, like, Yeah, it's another level, Mm -hmm. you know, like this is his livelihood, my livelihood. So it's, I mean, it's taken on that 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 scale. No, it's like added pressure. Like you literally stay up at night, you literally go through and like check their forecast, check how you're doing against this. But they also will tell you, thank you. And that's when you're like, okay, this is really cool. Um, And then I think the other thing that's like, one of the things I did not realize to be so flattering is when people that you're friends with leave a really good job to come work for you. Mm-hmm. And so that's like one of the coolest feelings. Our Met from Eon, uh, Dr. Shipham, um, he, uh, Mark's great. And he like, he's like, yeah, I'm turning down jobs to like come hang out with you. I was like, I don't really have much money. So <laughs> he's like, this sounds like fun. We'll give it a we'll shot. figure it out, yeah. And he was the second employee uh, and he's been yeah, I guess he started like end of 2018. Okay. And so, uh, and it was like, just kind of like helping us along the way. We all text each other, like the, the Brenton, he and I are all good friends. Um, but yeah, when people are like, yeah, I'll come work for you, you're like, what? So that's, that's one of the things I think that people don't understand when starting a company is that like right now I'm responsible for like 22 families and by proxy, like, hundreds if not thousands since we are the risk platform so that's one of the things that's extremely like humbling and makes you just i mean <laughs> work till twelve thirty and get up at four mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah
1: so you're you're you have got 50 clients mm-hmm. 2 million meters where 14 states are
2: deregulated um are you across all those states or you- yeah so we we started in texas end of 2018 um then in 2020, we did something really, really wise. We gutted everything and built a repeatable process. Uh, And so we decided that we want you, no matter where you are in the entire world, to have the exact same Amperon platform. And so if you are in New York and New England, and and PJM is the biggest, it's kind of like Chicago, across uh, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Mm -hmm. DC, it originally stood for Pennsylvania, Jersey, Maryland. uh, And it is way more than that now. Um, and then you have MISO, which I always say is the Louisiana Purchase. Okay. Uh, and then you have Texas, and then we have Alberta. Um, and then one of our really fun clients that we've published with before uh, is AMO, the Australian Energy Market Operator. Oh, wow. Okay. So we are actually the uh, operational forecast for all of Australia. And Australia is a super interesting market. They have a higher price cap than the Texas market even with the translation to the dollar, I think it was, it's like, I think it's like 15,000 AUD, which is around like 9,000 US, I could be wrong on that. Uh, They have 40% rooftop solar, I'm not wrong on that. And then they have like the Tesla battery. And so it is a crazy, like we've- Market to forecast. Crazy, crazy market to forecast electricity Uh demand, um, just because of all the rooftop solar. So we have that as well, Um, and then we are, uh, probably going to enter Europe before the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So I am end of June, early July, going to be going and doing a European roadshow. Uh, a couple of our clients that are European based, but have, we work with here in the States, I mean, the, ele- the energy markets have never been wilder yeah. than they are in Europe right now. Mm-hmm. It's a great time to walk in with no battle scars and say, we're here to help. Um, and, and we also do want to help that's, that's part of the reason that the company has expanded so quickly, uh, is because we took a step back, uh, when, when Yuri happened, which we all lived through winter storm URI here in what yeah, winter storm Yuri. when we had the crazy freeze, um, uh, when we had the crazy freeze in February, Valentine's weekend of 2021. Uh, and so with that, um, we took a step back. We put out our weather forecast. Um, we put out our weather forecast for free to everyone. The thousand something people we had in our, uh, in our like database, we sent it to everybody. Um, that well, this was in is Texas before it happened. Yeah. We knew it. We, my met called it on February 3rd. And so I had a client called me and say, cleared $9,000 uh, per megawatt hour price did price did for like days. And our usual is like 50. Okay. So, 50 bucks, $50 per megawatt hour is like five cents a, kilowatt, a hour. kilowatt hour for those of us at home. Doesn't include transmission, but the energy portion, five cents. Then the 9,009 nine bucks mm-hmm. a kilowatt hour. I'm locked in right now at a really high rate for, cause I just had to switch like 14 cents. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it cleared $9 and you're selling $14, power, 14 cent power. Mm-hmm. So we, our meteorologist called it around February 3rd in his morning newsletter. We started sending it out to our clients being like, it's going down. Um, and- It's going down, meaning it's happening. It's not happening. Not prices going down. No, 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 yeah. Crazy yeah. things are happening. Crazy things are about to happen. Yep. Crazy things did happen. And then we took a step back um, We built a repeatable process around settlements, and we actually wound up doing so much free consulting. We sat down with boards of publicly traded companies. Abe, who had been doing energy for three years at that time, was telling C-suite executives exactly what happened and why because he had read every single tariff in the entire market. And we sat down and did that, and that's what kind of made us big because everyone just being bought quick? How much before... How many days before, did you guys call it? 10 days. 10 days before this. Yeah, 10 to 12, depending on how you look at it. So the 13th is when the wheels started coming off of February and we called it on February 3rd. And then February 15th, there were no more wheels. (laughs) Like it was all over, blacked out, just done. It went out, power went out at 2 a.m. on the 15th, uh, at 2 a.m. in the morning. I mean, that seems incredible to me to call something And we did it publicly too. Yeah. So we did, we did it like, we're blasting it out on LinkedIn, telling everyone like, bankruptcy is bad for everyone. I don't care if they're a client or not. I had seven contracts in front of people who are no longer companies. And that's hard to see. I had to sit there and talk with people. I mean, I started this company myself and I had to sit and talk with people who started their company themselves. And y'all have started, this is your baby, right? And so we had to sit there and like talk them through it, try to do anything we could to help them. They had their investors calling, they had everything. And so we just took um, Steve, who's our our front end engineer. He goes, you know, it's not that we didn't get any work done for a month. He goes, it's that we spent a month on marketing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, huh, we did spend a month on marketing. And so we went out there, we had a bunch of posts. They're still on our website. So you can go to amperon.co. Website has not been updated in a while, but the articles are new. Um, and so you can go back and big see what we wrote. Big on LinkedIn, Abe's big on, I'm big on LinkedIn, Abe's big on Twitter. Um, and uh, and so you can go back and see all the stuff that we wrote, that we published. Um, and so that was, I think the biggest thing is that we didn't worry about money. We didn't worry about trying to shake everybody down for five grand. We just went and did a whole bunch of just being thoughtful. And uh, I mean, you pay it forward and sometimes it hits. And, and now you it's have 50 been, clients yeah, that's and a right. great reputation. Yeah, so it's yeah. been- It's a great story. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's something, the reason I tell that story is because I feel every business owner, if you worry about the bottom line only and aren't thoughtful, you don't know what's going to happen. If you're thoughtful, a lot of times it's not a hundred percent, nothing is bottom line will take care of itself. Yeah. So let's, let's
1: with the Yuri as an example. So you had 10 days notice that things were going to get nuts. Mm-hmm. Um. I assume your trading clients that listen to you made a lot of money. Let's make, let's assume that that happened. We'll assume that happened. Yeah, Um, so it it begs the question a little bit. You have, you create edges, right? Your information is better and that creates edge. Mm -hmm. Um, So why not why not trade? You're you got a trading background. Why not be a trader as opposed to a providing information guy?
2: I feel like I'm back in a VC pitch. They ask me this every time. Yeah. No. Um I think that well, let's take the other day for example. The the Texas market had a really, really rough Friday. This is happened to be Friday the thirteenth. Mm. Um and market cleared around seven hundred and seventy five dollars per megawatt. It was predicted to clear predicted as in trading prior about $125. Okay.
1: So it was five times higher.
2: Yeah, like you and I were talking about on the way in like uh or like the volatility, like the electricity volatility is just I mean crypto like hold my beer like <laughs> nothing. Uh and so you look at this and so what happened? So six power plants came offline. Twenty nine hundred megawatts. Okay, uh, wind was predicted to be low. It was low, um, but prices spiked, and there was people did what they could. But when you lose six power plants, uh, a couple of them were asked by ERCOT to come back early and had planned outages. Um, per Bloomberg in an article uh, that Nareen, uh Malik wrote, and so I was like, okay. So I mean, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily like, hey, natural gas is bad. It, like. You just can't push machines to their limit. You can't tell when, when to show up, just kind of happened, Mm -hmm. It was a perfect storm. But if you were long, you made five X. So that's just, there's all of those components, demand, ERCOT had a good demand forecast. I had a good demand forecast. The actuals came in right at where it was, nothing to see here. So there was nothing, uh, literally a non-event. There was a time a couple months ago hold on hold yeah. on. so what you're saying is price did something different than what a demand model yeah. alone would have Exa- suggested exactly
1: and and you're you're using this as an example of why trading is hard
2: yes exactly trade trading is hard because all of those factors are not things that ampron could have helped you with yeah there's nothing i tell you about when there's nothing i tell you about plants tripping i tell you about demand ERCOT did a great job telling demand I, I hope that all my clients were hedged, yeah. and if so, they bought their power in the day ahead market. So at, at 10 a.m. today, you get to tell them what I wanna do tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then you clear that power and you're, you're off the hook, as long as your forecast is good. That's where most of our clients sit. Our, most of our clients being the retail energy providers and the municipalities and cooperatives, which are just um, just cities, towns that, that provide their power for their constituents they are supposed to be risk averse. They're supposed to be hedged. So they would go into the day ad market, buy that power, set it and forget it. And so they should not have been affected by that $775. Mm-hmm. They should have been buying it 125 and live to see another day. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, if you were not hedged correctly, that's where you have the Tougher. problem. Yeah. yeah. So, and, so, and there's, there's just a lot of variables yeah. that go into trading and it's, it's better to be the, better would be the uh, You're the selling vendor.
1: groceries to gold miners. Exactly. Um, so your, your statement made me about being, having the correct demand forecast. So I'm confident in a data driven business, you track your accuracy. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and this goes to, we're gonna call you one of the smartest firms figuring out demand. And everybody says the weatherman always gets it wrong. Um, how how accurate are your demand forecasts? Are you sixty three percent right? Are you ninety three percent right? What's it wind up being?
2: Yeah, so uh, the the batting average yeah. equivalent yeah. Um, is MAPE. So it's called mean absolute percent error. Okay. So what's your error? So okay. uh, so, so that's
1: that's the metric to see how good you that's are. That's what everyone okay. like
2: all the supply team that's what they kinda quote. Yep. Um, and so with that we're Around twenty percent better than like the Texas market operator. Uh we're better by about fifty percent than New York. Uh and then again back to the repeatable process. So we did a first run at California. California launches next week. So by the time you hear this, we'll be good and live in California. Mm -hmm. Um and so we did it. First run, data scientists stuck the model on top, didn't do any fitting, didn't do anything. We get the weather the same way, we get the points the same way, everything's identical. First take, we had a 2.1% mean absolute percent error, and California grid operator has three percent. So first take, 30% better. Hmm. So that's what we're that's what we're able to track, that's what we track internally. The other thing too that I did not realize until recently, we take the actual MAPE. We do not take the weather adjusted MAPE. So mm. our 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 competition I didn't realize has been quoting weather adjusted the whole time. That which would means be, they
1: said if if the weather was perfect, yeah, how wrong are we? Perfectly forecasted, which we know it's not.
2: I was like, that would be lovely. Yeah. If I had perfect weather, again, retired from my trading career. Uh, and so they we quote MAPE as what we told you the last model run, our models update mm-hmm. every hour, the last model run before the market closed for what you're allowed to buy the next day. That's what we tell you it is. Mm-hmm. Our competition just quoting the same numbers that we have. So we'll be like, hey, for a residential book, we're at 4%. And then our, uh, our co- competition will say for a residential book, we're like three to 4%. I was like, that's not possible. And then I found out that it was weather adjusted. I was like, well, our weather adjusted is like one. So Mm -hmm. weather's the hard part
1: here. Yeah. So. So, so let's take a step back. Um, You talked about the complexity of the power grid and it's getting more complex because of the intermittent sources we're putting on. And so give a, I mean, put, put your crystal ball hat on. Let's look back. How much more complex is it than it was five or eight years ago? And how, how, what's it going to look like in five years from now?
2: Good question. Um, I mean, it's ten x more complex today than today it today than it was like eight eight years ago, okay. eight ten years ago. Uh, I I joked that like so I, my career essentially started in two thousand five, and so I joked that for the first ten years, the only thing that changed is that hurricanes went from being bullish to bearish. Natural gas. It's the only thing that changed in the first ten years, and so. When it first started, hurricanes came in, we were just drilling in the Gulf, natural gas shot through the roof Spikes, yeah. then it happened again later on, and we're fr- like we're fracking and we have new technology, and then all that means is there's less demand. and so natural gas goes down. That's what I feel like changed in like the first 10 years that I was doing this. And then in the last I mean, since Amperon started in like end of Five 2017, years,
1: yeah. four years
2: yeah it's just nuts like everything changed i mean what do we say with the solar numbers a minute ago 100 megawatts to 600 megawatts are you kidding so if you extrapolate that do you i mean do we really think it's going to be 3600 probably not next year but is it going to be 1500 i'd put good money on 1500 because I mean, you've got all these companies out there, like the Sonovas of the world, just putting up rooftops everywhere. Tesla rooftop looks awesome. I watched mm-hmm. one be install, installed out in California. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, it, it, electric vehicles. Who, who moved down the road again? Oh yeah, Tesla. I mean, are there going to be more electric vehicles? The batteries are getting longer. That's my holdup in not getting one is I need to be able to make it to Dallas in one stop.
0: Oh, he obviously hasn't listened to our first podcast together, has he? I know, We've we addressed this, but it's no big deal. You oh, can go back bad. and, Jeez. you can make it by the way. They've got, and there's more, there are more
2: EVs coming. No, oh, I know. Yeah. Not without getting, a charge, but yeah. They're getting better now. But I'm saying they're getting there. When it first started, the first, in, the first one was like, the range was so short. And mm-hmm. now you're like, you have the ability to keep, yeah. keep going. But I'll have to listen to that. So if things it's are going to get
1: more complex. And and is it fair for me to equate complexity with volatility? Absolutely. Okay, and so if as a consumer, as a u- user of power, you know, turn on our lights, uh, and I'm sure as the government or the, ICE, the independent system operator, you don't want more complexity and volatility, you want less, right? Don't you? Because, I mean, you want it boring, you don't want Massive price spikes. You just want consistency, I would assume. And, and I know the trader in you says, yeah, you know, volatility is great. I get All to right. I get to do stuff. But if as a consumer, don't I want it to just be boring? And, and my question here, Sean, is how how do we decomplexify? That's not even a word, but how, how do you make it less complex and less volatile? What magic switch would you turn? What
2: would so, you do? So, I mean, it's getting more complex because of technology. It's getting more complex because of renewables. Yes. And so it's great because you're having all these really, really inexpensive hours. It's really nice when it's solars like when it's bright as can be. And mm-hmm. it's like, please get back to 80 uh, mm-hmm. degrees. And so it's great. And then like wind, when it's wind, like, the, I mean, it's free power. Uh, I mean, it's great. Electric vehicles, again, you're, you're dealing with, I mean just driving one of those things is unbelievable it's a great experience and so you like the technology is what's making it more complex and so i don't think it's if the grid operators you've got
1: to give something up to to lose complexity you 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 wind up doing it the old way you wind up doing it the old
2: way and that's where i mean the the energy transition the focus on the net zero Mm -hmm. is why it's getting more complex and i mean complexity is good i mean it's obviously like good from a trading aspect, but it's, it's also good because it, it brings innovation. Uh, and it brings people looking at it another way. Um, I mean, where where we met at the, at the dinner. I mean, mm-hmm. the woman across from me is working on like geothermal that blows my mind. Like, yeah, the earth's core has a ton of energy and I hope it doesn't go anywhere. So we <laughs> should be able to tap that and get energy out of it. And that's also geothermal also goes to how, drilling is getting much more efficient so the crews of nine are going down to the crews of two what do those seven people do well if they're good at drilling send them to geothermal that'd be great and so that's where you have those type of things that are getting better and better i don't think we're going to see another massive nuclear power plant that's like thousands of megawatts now there's a whole bunch of people working on these small reactors Mm -hmm. that's awesome And so you get to go have those different type of things. All these are making a cleaner world for our kids, which is, I think, what a lot of us are here for, right? The next generation, the following generation. I don't think that we're going to be in trouble personally in our lifespan, but I'm worried about my son and his kids and etc. I just feel like what you guys are doing also adds to the ability to, you know,
0: not overbuy. Right, to where yeah. you don't have somebody turn something on that doesn't need to be turned on. Exactly, so it just saves
2: energy. I mean, it saves all the things that go along with that as well. Absolutely, because if you, if you don't buy enough, you turn on like an old oil peak or right. a mothballed unit that is not supposed to be running. But I mean, the number one goal is don't black out. And so, uh, and then, but on the other side, exactly, you're not running base load that is unnecessary if you don't need to. I mean, one of the big... Uh, trades that I know a few clients had, we came in 6,000 megawatts under ERCOT for a forecast. And we were right. And I had somebody be like, there's no way. And I was like, I trust my team. I'll get back to you. Sure enough, they're like, okay, send the contract. I was like, oh, okay. Cause they were on a trial basis. And right. they're like, oh yeah, I did not buy. Now, I was gonna say, did they heed your forecast? Yeah. Okay. And sold. And he's like, "Yeah, you're right. I would have covered the cost of the forecast for like the next ten years mm-hmm. on a spec trading basis, yeah. all in one day." It's like, "Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's that's why something we started with the, at the beginning of the pandemic is I remember we were we'd moved back to Houston pretty recently, living in uh, apartments overlooking like Spots Park, um, not too far from your office." and uh right there on like on washington allen parkway and so um we were sitting there and pandemic just happened everybody's like what the heck is going on my wife and i were sitting there like i had a good whiskey she had some rose we were just i was like i don't this is nuts i got a startup thankfully we just raised our seed round like what is going on here um and so we just sat down and 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 tati was like y'all the smartest just bet on yourself she goes just give it away for free and I was like, no, it costs like a few thousand dollars to like onboard someone, blah, blah. He's like, she's like, just give it away. To this day, we give everyone two months free mm-hmm. because no one's ever left. Yeah, That's how we got all of our clients. We've got a very large percentage of the Texas market on our platform right now because of these events that keep happening. And because yeah. our meteorologist at the end of April was yelling and screaming about early, not hot summer, early summer heat. He said it is going to get hot asap. Lo and behold, we're seeing record May, and so he called it. And so everyone who doubted us is now like, well, again, it's on record. Yeah. Tell us what's <laughs> You can next, go check. Right? Like, if you called this one, you called the other one. You called. Yeah. At some point, we gotta quit. We gotta quit ignoring you. Uh, and so that's really what happened. But Tati came up with that idea in, in I guess, March, April. Of twenty twenty and just said, give it away that's for free. Wife, yeah. yeah, my wife. Mm-hmm. And so uh so yeah, Tatiana just said, let's do it. And I was like, Huh. So sure enough, we do two months free. Anybody offer goes to anyone listening who has meters. Uh just let us know and we'll prove you that we can actually beat whatever you're doing internally. And we've never had someone
1: never lost a client. Mm-mm. Wow. Never lost
2: great. like anyone who came in on that premise. Yeah, they're here. How did you guys meet? You mentioned a di- just a dinner. I mean, is there Rachel?
1: Yeah, one, one we had a big. Uh, I say a big. We had a a dinner where we brought together people in Houston yeah. focused on energy transition, and um, Sean knew one of the folks at at PEP and, and came to that dinner. Yeah. So it's, you know, the Houston energy transition community is not big, but it's growing. It is definitely. Growing. It's awesome. I, it's...
2: I have to say, like, it's easier to look at something when you step away and then come back. And in mm. 2013, there was no, there was no, like, innovation, there was no VC, no anything. Uh, and then step away, seven years, and come back in 2019. And it was like, it was getting off to something. But when you have someone like Greentown Labs, uh, we're in a sister uh, in Brooklyn, New York, called Urban Future Lab, mm. and so I had known who Emily Riker was a long time ago, yeah, four who years runs ago, Labs. and who runs Greentown Labs. I
0: just toured that last week. It's a pretty interesting. It's voice. awesome. Mm-hmm.
2: And then the Ion's across the street, yeah. and that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But like the fact that they chose Houston means something is up here, right? And if this is the energy capital of the world, and we're talking about the energy transition, and we're trying to solve climate change at the root of it, a lot of its energy, yeah. And a lot of the net zero stuff is energy based. So, and all the smart energy people are here, but the thing is, is that you've got to give those people a shot. And so that's where I think it's great to see there's venture capital popping up all over here. I bring, try to bring my investors here. I introduce them to companies who are here in Houston. I mean, I will never not meet with a founder. I met with three founders this week and it's Wednesday. And you mentioned the geothermal person
0: earlier, Carrie, was that her name? Do you remember the, the girl that was doing the geothermal? I'm blanking on her name. Do you remember? No? Don't remember. Okay. Yeah. The reason I mentioned that, there's uh, there's a couple of really talented oil and gas people that left, I don't know, two years ago to go do yeah. geothermal. Yeah. And adding to your point that the community is growing. These are these are people that were, you know, high risers, fast. You know, they, they had a track that was taking them anywhere they wanted to go within traditional oil and gas. Yeah. And they've moved into geothermal now. Uh, I'm sure we'll have them on the podcast at some point. But... You know, it is, it's encouraging to hear you talking about that this, to step away, to come back, to see what it's growing. I mean, that's one of the reasons that we're doing this is to say, look, all of these things have to exist together and there's going to be products, services, you know, what you guys are doing, technology that people aren't even thinking that they need, that's blowing away traditional models um, and saving energy, slash money, slash environment. I mean, the entire spectrum is is growing up in Houston right now.
2: Yeah, but again, we we employ numerous people in Houston and and going after a lot more. I've got six job openings, too. uh, Nine, sorry. Uh, And so with this, I mean, if someone had not not given us an early shot Mm and Notation Capital out of Brooklyn said, hey, these two guys just met each other. We knew A before. We think they're a good team. They... like." Yeah, sure. We'll give them 860000 bucks. Like, they, they led the round, and then we went and raised that from angels on for our pre-seed um, early 2018, before, like, energy got cool. Um, and so, or electricity specifically got yeah, cool. Yeah,
1: I was going to say, I think um, energy was getting uncool. Um, it, it was I'm not very sure it's uncool it, yet. yet it was, yeah. yeah. But
2: electricity started getting cool. Yes. And all I know how to do is electricity, which is super helpful yeah. when you want to be cool.
1: Well, what, so you're obviously growing quickly in your existing business mm-hmm. you talked about Europe mm-hmm. you're, you're doing Australia um, so so geographic expansion is one thing you're you're doing what about other stuff you're doing electricity demand forecasting yeah is there other things that your skill sets
2: point you toward over time um, I mean one of the things that we've uh, that we've started doing is we um, tell all of our clients uh, what their renewable energy credit situation is. So we tell them what to buy. Each state mandates, you buy a certain amount of RECs. Renewable uh, energy credits, right. Yeah. And so they have to buy that. And so we tell them what to buy. People had always kind of, again, said it and forget it, but they're only bullish now, they only go up. Um, and so now we tell our clients for the next five years, how much they need to be buying based on their their current contracts that they have. Uh, And so we'll say, hey, this is what you need to be getting. And so we do things- So
1: you're forecasting their demand, Mm -hmm. and that's creating a demand for recs that they have to buy. so we go through each state's regulatory,
2: keep up with like what tier one, tier two, solar, like what credits they need to be buying to Mm -hmm. offset this. Um, We're looking at, I mean, we've looked at if there's an ESG component to this as well, just with the new, like SEC, uh, strong suggestion, mm-hmm. um, if there's something that we could do based off of that as well. Um, but what we're really, like, we want anything that literally has to do with demand, that's what we're focused on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, we're talking to, we have a battery companies that are clients. Um, we have uh, demand response uh, companies demand responses, like essentially providing insurance to the grid Uh so that you're, you promise to back down your factory by X amount. Great. You get paid as an insurer, uh, to the grid. Um, so we have clients like that, um, obviously traders, munis and co-ops retailers. Um, we're talking to a number of electric vehicle, uh, um, like charging companies Uh because got to know what they're going to be charging. Right. Um, and so, uh, that's why like Riverstone was involved in this round and they obviously have a big like ax to grind with the number of investments on their private equity side. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we're very, like, very happy to be engaged with them Mm -hmm. um, and have them on the cap table. Uh, and then, um, one of the other things that's, this is a whole rabbit hole, um, that we actually built is we built a, uh, data center software. Um, And so all of those crypto miners that Governor Abbott kindly asked to come hang out in Texas, um, we built a software for them. Um, Built a software to do what? So we tell them basically how to be good stewards of the grid uh, by, we tell them the price, uh, the number that they need to, like they, they have their number, it's the number everyone always cuffs, is $350 a megawatt hour. So if it's below that, it makes sense, I know. For them to mine. For them to mine. I know crypto crashed recently, so not positive, mm-hmm. the 350 is still good. Um, but that was kind of the number, like take that by the hash rate, this is your number. So we will alert them and say, by the way, it's 500 bucks, now it's probably not a good time. Grid could really use you to like, be that good steward that you promised to be. Um, there's also something called coincidental peaks uh, in Texas. so. You get charged um, in Texas uh, commercial businesses, you get charged based on your consumption at the highest, at one 15 minute interval in June, July, August, September. It's not your highest interval, it's the grid's highest interval. So we call that and we tell people, hey, hour ending 17, which is like four to 5 p.m. uh, on June 14th, whatever it is, we call that four days out and tell them that there's a 90% likelihood it's going to be today. So like, please calm down Back off. Yeah, Yeah, please back off. Okay. Um, So we do that. And then forecasts aren't great um, because obviously if they push the red button, they will back down their facility from 25 megawatts to like one. Um, But uh, but then what becomes important is settlements. And so this is actually what we got really popular with uh, during the winter storm is settlements how much are you on the hook for and so we go backwards a backcast essentially and say hey this is the number oh you back down to this number great well you happen to now be providing power to the grid and you got paid this for it so we go tell people kind of their p and l so there's a lot of different factors Mm. and functions and we're always trying to add different things we schedule for clients so instead of me saying hey great like your, your need for this hour is a hundred megawatts. I say, I'll just tell ERCOT on your behalf. And Mm -hmm. then I tell ERCOT. So we schedule for clients as well too. Um, So yeah, we, we continue to iterate on that. But I think one of the things though, is, I mean, we've raised $10 million to date, but that's not enough to run like four companies simultaneously. And I see too many startups think that they're gonna be all things to all people or go down a consulting rabbit hole or wind up, oh, they're a really big name. I've gotta have them and I'm just gonna go be their, like utilities, especially, will have you be their data janitor. Mm-hmm. And it single handedly sinks the company. I've seen, I can't even honestly remember a time that the data janitor thing worked out for anyone. It has sank almost every company. And so for us, we we're laser focused on we do demand, we do demand forecasting. Is it the same here as it is in Belgium? Yeah, same thing. You have weather, great. You have the 25 variables we need, probably. Um, you have demand, thankfully they're written in English. Maybe we'll go to Belgium. Um, so people who are say, oh, well, they asked me to do this. I'll go do this. People ask you stuff until they're blue in the face. They'll say, oh, this is really annoying. Can you do this? I'm like, no, I do not know like where to buy the best chairs. Yeah. And so <laughs> then instead, I'm like, this is what we do. That's it. Yeah. Uh, so I think one of the things that's really kind of separated us is being, I always say we want to be everyone's plus one. And so we, we don't want to be the company that comes in and sells you 10 different solutions. That's the only reason we lose um, sales is because they want, we call it a, a rep in a box. And so they say, well, I want a price forecast and I want a load forecast and I want a scheduling and I need you to do my gas. I need you to do this. I need you to do that. no, oh, okay and then they wind up doing that, and and to me, the forecast is the most important, because that's what keeps your company alive, Um, but people will go do the rep in the box, and then they'll circle back after getting stung, and we've got four circle backs right now that are, that just came and said, I can't deal with this, like, the company that I went with, my apologies, I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to keep them as a vendor for another year, Mm -hmm. but, like, can you, like, can you come join, I was like, can you come help us out and so we've got i think four of those right now that just signed because they went with the one person who promised to do everything and you can't do everything well no i don't have four companies there's a very like very interesting story of why we don't have like three different companies yeah so we had our first vc pitch walked in there great great top flight venture capital firm i said we're gonna Solve the, gr- we'll solve the grid problem. We're going to go forecast demand. And he's like, great. And then with demand, we're going to go tell everyone what price they should actually be. He's like, great. And then we're going to go tell the consumer. And he's like, great. He goes, how many businesses do you currently have? And I was like, none of those. And he goes, how much are you asking for? I was like, 500,000. And he goes, so you're going to go build three businesses for 500 grand? And I said, that is the stupidest thing I've ever asked anyone for. <laughs> and... <laughs> That is why we only do one thing to this day. D- the, did they invest? No. Okay. <laughs> they told me I was an idiot, and I told them they were right. Are you going
1: to go back and get a uh, another get some money from them this go round, next I, go I round? I needed
2: to just tell them thank you, like yeah. we'll get a nice bottle <laughs> yeah, of whiskey exactly. or something. Yeah, exactly.
1: Send them a present. That's great. I need to
2: look up. I'm, I don't remember his name, but I remember the office. I remember everything clear as day because that just changed. That we're like we're going to do this. We're going to do how many companies? are You got gonna you start? focused. Three fo- three companies how much 500k wait that doesn't even pay one salary yeah. per company crap <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: good that's
0: really good like the ambition though yeah that was a good thought I like this has been interesting you guys have i mean it it feels like you're customer oriented you know the greater good oriented there's there's greater good for the the entire industry so i'm i, I like the story's amazing thank you i mean you guys are
2: growing you're adding people yeah uh, this is good are you
1: making money are you making money yet
2: uh, we were break even, and then the investors came and gave us a whole bunch of money. And so they were like, go spend a whole bunch of money. So we were at break even, um, then took in our series A. And-, and then, I mean, we ran the company for four years on $2.8 million, uh, which is pretty lean. But we found product market fit. We had that. We had a phenomenal team of like eight or nine of us. Uh, and then they were like, Oh my gosh, like you've done this with no money. Mm-hmm. And we're like, Yeah, we have. And so now they're like, What if you had money? And so <laughs> it's actually a mind, it's a very big mind switch, like uh, switch in your mindset to go start spending money. Yeah. And so it's been like, it,
1: And spending money for you guys is, it's people, adding people. Yeah. yeah. And But every person's got nine be perfect. Job openings or something. Yeah,
2: like we've that. got nine, we've got three sales. Uh, three sales, five technical, uh, two data scientists, three data engineers, and then some type of like, a chief of staff, kind Mm -hmm. of a CFO, HR, general counsel, somebody who can, uh, you want everybody to wear as many hats as possible. Yes. So um, yeah, but those are, uh, yeah, it's been fun. But when when you have that as your DNA to like, make like, just make money, make the customer happy, run it lean. Great time when you're about to enter a recession. <laughs>
1: well, you you probably um, businesses that you you probably grow during a recession. Well, yeah, we well. would. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're less economy dependent. It seems to me.
2: Yeah, very uh, much. Yeah. We're actually like pretty good during the bearish times. Yeah. Like COVID, you're yeah. a, you're, you're like it actually. You're
1: saving people money. You, yeah. you got a business that saves yeah. people money. Yeah. In, a, in an increasingly complex market. Yeah. Do Seems you, like do like you have any
0: other questions you want to go to before we get to the, the lightning round here?
1: I don't, unless Sean, did we cover everything that you wanted to talk about? Yeah, let me, let me,
0: yeah, let me so. pump you up here, here. So, amperon.co. Yeah. Okay. And then you said you're big on. I what? do a lot of LinkedIn. Um, and then Abe does a lot of Twitter. Okay. So there, they, there can be a lot of, you know, the customer or people listening, they can go find information there. For sure. On your website. Okay. Is there anything else that we, you want to tell us about before we
2: jump off? Uh, well, before let me rephrase that. Before we go to the lightning round, excuse me. I think uh, I think I rambled on and covered most everything. It's, it's a great the, story. It's a really great it's story. Fun story. Yeah. I mean the espresso right beforehand too helped the train of thought. <laughs> so the espresso is not an accident. <laughs> we, we know how to work those things. I like
1: it. Um, all right, are you ready for this? Yeah. So the lightning round. The rules are. You don't get to expound on your answer. Okay. You just you just Not say much, one or, or the lot. other, yes or Not no, much or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's it, it's okay. It's and and we have a mix of fun and and serious questions. So, um, as a person who gave up soda five years ago, Dr Pepper or Mountain Dew. <sighs> Dr Pepper, for Ca- sure. Yeah, uh, cash or crypto. Cash. <laughs> Austin or Denver. <sighs> Denver.
2: Rockets or Knicks? 94 world champions, Rockets. <laughs>
0: 94 and 95.
2: Yeah. 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 But against the Knicks.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. That's right. Yeah.
2: Steak or seafood? Oh, man. Depends on the day. Uh, I'm feeling steak. Having chicken tonight, though. Mm. Will the world make net zero by 2050?
1: <sighs> Gun to my head. I'm going to say no. Oh, wow. For the people listening, you should have seen him. He, he, he was biting his tongue to say more. Um, I could tell. Uh, puppies or kittens? Oh, puppies for sure. <laughs> uh, Vegas or Miami Beach? Miami. S&P 500 for the rest of 2022.
2: Are you bullish or bearish? I am bullish. I hope this is over. Wind or solar?
1: Solar. Instagram or WhatsApp? WhatsApp. Wrong answer.
0: Instagram's great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> will there be meaningful advances in
1: nuclear by before 2030? Yes. Shawshank Redemption or The Godfather? Shawshank, hundred percent. Okay.
0: Um, will there be? a repeat of a yuri like event between now
2: and 2030?
0: No. Ooh. No. That makes me feel good. You think they've
1: learned the
2: lessons? Yeah. Everybody got fired. This team doesn't want to get fired.
1: And my go-to question, will the Houston Texans make the Super Bowl in the next decade? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, breaks my heart at the end of a really, really good podcast. Um, Sean Kelly, co-founder and CEO of Amperon. Thank you very much for being here. We really appreciate you joining
2: us. It's a pleasure. Thank y'all so much.
0: Yeah. Thank you very much. And if you're listening to us, you can find us also on YouTube, uh, any of our social media channels from LinkedIn, but uh, we're on every social media platform and every listening platform for podcasts. So thank you very much for subscribing. We just had our biggest month in history and our biggest download weeks. So the audience is growing, Dan. We're doing a great job. And Leslie, She's sure. our other uh, co-host, and I uh, just wanted to give her a shout-out. We're, we're the, the momentum has uh, turned on, so thank you for being our guest. Great My time. pleasure. Good luck to you. Thank you. All right, thank you, guys. Thanks.